Welcome to Porsche Pattern with Bracken Helms, the show where we hear Bracken and his distinguished guests from the Porsche community patter on about Porsches and all things automotive. Porsche Pattern is sponsored by Circuit 64. Circuit 64 creates authentic automotive apparel made for like minded automotive enthusiasts. The links for Circuit 64 are in the show notes. Okay, let's get to it. The Professor, Part 1. His audio sounds good, but you can see I'm a little distant in the background. I figured when I bought all this equipment, it would be like Toyota Corolla reliable, and I wouldn't have to do anything but just press record. I guess you gotta format SD cards and stuff like that. Who knows? Okay, anyway, this is another interview I've wanted to do for quite a while because I feel like the professor is definitely an integral part of Porsche. And I know there's people right now rolling their eyes like, what is this fool saying? So some social media or whatever, nobody that's not even in the Porsche world is one of the more integral parts of the Porsche community now? Oh, it's not like someone that has lived and died and worked for the brand forever. Like, let's say like a Rod Emery or a guy that worked on the race team or a professional race car driver or someone high up in the actual company. It's some guy that works for a college in California or did. How much sense does that make? And I'm one of those people. Like, I'm with you 100%. There's so many people out there that are like social media famous or whatever that everybody's like, oh, they're like starstruck by them. And yet like a guy that's won Le Mans a hundred times walks by them and they could care less or they don't even know who it is. So I'm with you. But let me break this down. California is the car capital of the world. We agree on that, right? Then to even break that down further. Of course, I'm biased because I'm in the Bay Area, but that's the problem today. Everybody's so biased and just wants to fight for that opinion, and they don't want to like just face reality. So reality is, LA is probably a bigger car capital than the Bay Area. So we're talking the biggest car community in the world is in LA. Do you remember a couple of years ago when things just completely exploded? Air cool prices went crazy. All of a sudden, like all these trust fund kids were selling like their exotics or their brand new Porsches and were buying like old Porsches. And it seemed like the whole Porsche community became interlinked. Yeah, it started with like the air cooled, but now it's like there's not that many air cooled anymore. They've made so many water cooled. I mean, they've been doing water cooled 911 since what is it, 99, 98? So there's a lot of water cools out there. And I would say the community, like, There was those that took the Porsche to their corporate office or to the golf course. There was those that were out there driving, but it was like just like it was little clicks here and there where now it's like seems like it's all interlinked. There's that whole Rensport reunion, Luftecolt, triple zero vibe going on now. I mean, you look at like easy. They've been doing like a cars and coffee. They don't call it cars and coffee, but they've been doing it for so damn long. And now all of a sudden, oh, cars and coffee is just like a common term. So at that time when things were starting to explode and, you know, people were coming from around the world to go to this crazy show called Luftecolt. Yeah, it's the Internet. People are all connected through the Internet. But I had some guy walk up to me and he looked like a handsome Joey Ramone from the Ramones. And he's asking, oh, you should come drive with us. And I was like, oh, this guy seems like a cool guy. Yeah, we should go for a drive. Next thing, next time I saw this person, 
everybody had the professor stickers on and it was like a just as big of show to go to his little drive than that was to go to Luftecult the next day. And so in my mind, I mean, convince me otherwise, I think of the professor as a pretty integral part of Porsche. And like I said, it's not just air-cooled anymore, it's water-cooled now. And he's kind of, I would say, like a stakeholder or one of the people, like a ground-level founder of this whole thing that has sprouted within the last 10 years. There's like a whole different vibe with Porsche now. Like everybody knows everybody, and yeah, it's social media. But that's my biggest point right there. The, the professor is not even on social media. I mean, if you follow him, he posts like once a year. So he's done all this without social media. Anyway, here's part one. Who is the professor? Who is the professor? I am the professor. But I am not a professor. So we have to distinguish that. But for many years, I was a teacher. So 21 years at UCLA Extension, I taught English as a second language. In the teens, I met a group of guys in Monterey and started driving with them every year on a little drive called Dan's Drive in Monterey during car week. And um, I'd see those same guys every year, but it seemed like they never remembered my name. Um, but they remembered my vocation. So instead of calling me Ben, as most of my friends did, they took to calling me professor. So by definition, professor holds a PhD, which I do not. Um, so I am professor by the third definition in the dictionary, which is one who instructs. So I taught English as a second language for over 20 years at UCLA Extension, and a bunch of car nerds started calling me the professor. And I started trying to convince these guys to make a pilgrimage to Los Angeles because we have so many incredible back roads here that I've been enjoying for decades, mostly by myself. And I kept telling these fellas up north that I would meet in Monterey each year to come to Los Angeles, join me for some drives. And they said, yeah, you've got to do a professor run, professor. So I thought, oh, there you go. We have a name already. Um, so I started these rallies and called it the professor run, basically based on the intel from, from my folks up north, or their lack of intel, I should say. So um, three pedal posse is some of the some of the guys that okay. that named me the professor, and so you know for years and years I'd go up Angeles Crest and and other roads in the area and and just drive, uh, which is my favorite part of the car hobby. You know everyone has their own thing. Some guys are mechanics, some guys are detailers, some guys are flippers or collectors, or in so many ways to enjoy the hobby. I like to drive. So occasionally I'd see groups of incredible cars driving up Angeles Crest and think, God, I wish I could be a part of car club, car group. But how do I do that? I don't know anyone other than these guys of North that I see every year. So I started my own rally and, um, and it caught on. And now I'm part of this whole community of uh, Porsche folk down here in Los Angeles, and also um, non-Porsche folk, too, any, any car enthusiast. Uh, I love Porsches. 
but I'm a car guy more than a Porsche guy. So I really love them all ever since I was a baby. I know that sounds like an exaggeration, but seriously, when I was two years old, I just, I just knew every car on the road and just loved them all. So I'm fascinated by, by all cars, anything, you know, made from 1948 to 1973 that comes from Europe absolutely boils my blood. That's just the stuff I love. And, um, I love to drive them. So now the, the community has really grown here in Southern California. We've got cars and coffees and almost every district and a bunch of different rallies and or meetups. There's the breakfast club or Newcomb's ranch and all the stuff that car enthusiasts can do that wasn't available to us maybe 10 or 15 years ago before it was, uh, you know, it was either our group or, um, smaller groups like that. So I feel like the hobby's really expanded and a whole new group of enthusiasts um, have come around, younger guys and, and girls. Yeah, I remember my one friend was like, you were hounding him, you should come on my run. Uh-huh. And he said, well, I don't have a Porsche. And you're like, fool, half these people don't have Porsches. You can bring any car, just come. Yeah, no Prius. It's <laughs> our only rule. But yeah, we get Mazda 3s and Subarus and BMWs, a big... Obviously, um, BMW contingent in Southern California as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, all cars are welcome. It just turns out to be 80% Porsche nerds, usually. And when did you move from Monterey? So, um, I never lived in Monterey, but when I was very young, in 1988, I went to Monterey Car Week and the races at Laguna Seca, historic car races. I was overwhelmed, um, overbowled by the whole thing. And I vowed never to miss another Monterey Car Week. So that was 30 odd years ago, and I've never missed a Monterey Car Week since my first visit in 88. So I drive up there every year by myself as, you know, and acquire knowledge is more like for my own edification. Like I, if I brought friends, I'd end up telling them all about the cars I know about. But if I went by myself, I would have an opportunity to learn more about the hobby that I love. So, so I just went every year by myself. Um, used to camp or, um, get cheap motel, crash on friends floors or whatever it took, you know, Monterey can, can go through, uh, your wallet pretty fast. So, um, one has to be careful. So in going every year to Monterey, I eventually sort of met a, a group of, uh, Porsche enthusiasts and looked forward to seeing them every year. You know, we'd, we'd start the email chain a few weeks before Monterey each year and plan to meet. And, and as I said, this is before, What's that PCA-sponsored event that's so popular? Works. Works reunion. Prior to Works reunion, everyone would meet on Fridays, all the Porsche nerds, to go on a drive, Dan's drive. We'd go out to the Han Winery out on um, Carmel Valley Road. Super fun and rough road to drive. And so we all looked forward to that every year. We'd meet at the Safeway in Carmel Valley and, and do that drive. And that's, you know, that was the beginning of sort of the... California Porsche culture for me. And, um, and then I tried to extend it here in Southern California. Yeah. I mean, that's cool that you're willing to just get in your car alone because that's what you want to do. I mean, I know the first time I went to Luftecolt years ago, 
I couldn't get anybody to go with me and no one I knew up there and even the people down, I didn't know that many people period. Mm-hmm. And so I remember just, well, hell I'm going. So I just came and I showed up and yeah, I didn't know hardly anybody until I'm getting ready to leave. I'm like, Oh God, I'm just walking. I saw all the cars. I'm walking around here by myself. And then, okay. I saw what I needed to see. I'm getting ready to leave. And then Pavel comes up. You should walk with us. And I, did you know Pavel at the time? I only, I knew him because of Brent sport reunion. Uh He had a booth like two down from me. Uh And this crazy Polish guy comes up to me like every couple hours because we're our booths are close and comes and tries to talk to me in his broken English. I mean, his English is so much better now than it was then. Yeah. He had like bright red pants. Uh He's got to be European. Even before he spoke. (laughs) Well, that's what's so cool about the car hobby is um, it doesn't matter what country you're from or what demographic you are or age or race or gender. We're all just bound together by that one thing we all love, which is cars or sometimes more specifically Porsches. So, I mean, I, I think that's how I met Pavel, too. We're just two guys who love cars and ended up looking at the same car at some point and talking. So, Pavel owns Carbone Liveries, right. who do a lot of customization in Poland and um, sort of the world leader of hard-to-find or out-of-print Porsche decals right. and such. So, they've been a great resource for all of us in the hobby. And that's, you know, that's how it works. We all we all just meet each other. I just... Have you ever been to Pebble Beach Concours d'Elegance? Uh, it's one of the more hoity-toity events. I think it's over five hundred dollars to enter now, and then you know it's a um, it's a contest of elegance traditionally that started in I believe in the nineteen thirties. But you'll see Concours d'Elegance winners mixing it up with you know old school hot rodders or Ferrari guys or or anything. We all just blend together. As one in, in Monterey Car Week. That's why it's so cool. Some of these are, may end up being redundant because mm-hmm. obviously we just get to talking. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, what is the professor run? Yeah, I can, I can talk to that, speak to that a little bit. Um, so the professor run at this moment is a one-day drive. In, usually in the L.A. area, we have done professor runs in Monterey and San Francisco, Bay Area. But generally... Uh, we do it here in Southern California. It's free and everyone is welcome. And uh, we usually do about a 200 mile, 100 to 200 mile, say four hour um, drive often that ends with lunch somewhere for all of us in an incredible looking parking lot. So we can get between, you know, 40 and 100 cars depending on the day. We always do a professor run during Luftgekult week here in Southern California and Toy and Lit Show week is another uh, popular Porsche week. And then we try to do one about every few months or so. It's just a chance for all of us to get out and see some cool back roads that maybe not everyone knows about and, and have camaraderie with our cars and, and folks with like interests. Okay, so here's a question that I've kind of been wondering. Okay. Not really sure if I wanted to ask you this. Um, ask me anything. So you're very outgoing. So it's not like you're like an introvert by any means. But at the same time, like, there's a lot of people out there that are trying to, like, Kardashian themselves. And, you know, if you wanted to be, you could be, like, 
huge on social media, I would think. I would think you'd be huge on Instagram, but like I'll post, I see that you post like maybe once every four and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you try to message you, you don't even log on for three years. That is true. And so I was just wondering, like, I mean, I totally admire it. I'm just like, okay, he's just doing this for the cars. He's doing this for the people. He's not, because you could easily, like, you're well known without social media. Like, if you decide to, like, whore in on social media, <laughs> you could, like, really have a following. Thank you. Thank you, Bracken. You'd be famous. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, I'm not interested in fame, really, at all, but just love cars. So, also, not, I'm not a big fan of social media. I, I try to spend as little time on it as possible. Um, I'm a gentleman of a certain age, so I sort of feel like the entire internet is the scourge of society. And um, I love living in RL. So, um, so real life um, is a place where we can go driving. And that's, that's really what I like to do now. To get the word out about our drives, we find ourselves on social media. Yeah. Keep it fun and free and enjoyable for everyone. What year did you... Would you say that the professor run like? I guess started? officially we started doing professor runs in 2016. But again, as I said, I'd been out on these back roads, just looking for new roads for years and years. And I try to find old maps that maybe have some roads that aren't on contemporary maps. And I'll go out and see if those roads still exist. And I've found a couple really cool, if rough, roads that are not on contemporary maps that are excellent for driving, uh, if you don't mind getting your car a little dirty, uh, which I don't. There's so much real estate here, mountainous real estate in Southern California, and um, I've not seen all of it yet, but I'm always looking for the new roads. So how would you say, if it has, how would you say that the Professor Run has changed or evolved? Oh, oh, that's interesting. If, you know, when we first started, we'd get a dozen cars, and to the last count, it was something like 100 cars. So that's changed. But you don't want to have too many cars on a, on a particular day anyway, because then it gets a little crowded, and, and you can't really stretch your legs so much. So there's a, there's a balance there somewhere. So fortunately, you know, everyone's been very safe on these runs. Uh, it's a concern that... It's a concern that everybody stays safe for me. So, right. so that's a big one. So I don't do them too much. And, and the last couple I have not even posted on social media, just kind of done it word of mouth because we'll get enough cars to, to have a really good time. Yeah, looking into ways to have more liability protection as the organizer of these runs because accidents can happen. You right. know, and, and we want to mitigate that. We want to make sure they don't. So we're also thinking about expanding to multiple day events um, that we would end up charging for and scaling that in different ways. So we have uh, a lot of ideas on how, on how to go forward with the professor on. But for now, it's just a fun thing we do every once in a while. You know, it's great to get out early in the morning where there's less traffic. If we can, we'll do it during the week and avoid the typical weekend traffic, or we find routes that are just so remote that nobody's around anyway. What do you think is the best thing that has come from the Professor Run? 
Uh, I think the best thing has, that has come from that is, for me, being a part of a community of people. And I, you know, I would like to think that I had something to do with bringing the community together or at times bringing the community together. I have a small part in that Southern California Porsche culture. Met so many great people, so many wonderful folks, kind and generous, car-loving folks here. So I would say, yeah, the best part of it is the friendships that have come from it, for sure. Favorite driving route? Man, there's so many. There's so many. And we do a little 200-miler every year, same route for Luftgekult weekend. Um, either the day before or after Luft. And that goes through some really remote roads up over the Grapevine, Pine Mountain Club, down into San Luis Obispo County even, and back around. So, um, you know, a lot of folks don't want to drive 200 miles on twisty roads. I mean, it's a lot. So I try to organize it where there's a place to stop in the middle and turn back or or find an alternate route home if you don't want to go the distance, you know. I try to divide a 200-mile route into two 100-mile routes. And usually, you know, 100% of the people do the first one and 20% are left to do the second part, really. It's for not for the meek, the, the whole 200-milers. That's where I met the porcupine. Do you know who porcupine? Yeah, yeah. Porcupine nine eleven. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know his real name, but like I like never talked to him about there. Have you watched his YouTube channel? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, he's living his best life out there. In sure, he is. He's a he's a commercial airline pilot. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who seem to be the best drivers? Like I, I ask this question. I always wonder this. I'm like. <laughs> Okay, is it the rich people that don't care if their car gets mm. broken? Is it the people that are just, then there's those that are just naturally talented? Then there's those that are crazy that just don't care. Like, if I, if I roll my car, I don't care. Like, I'm just living out my life on the edge. Right. What a great question. I mean, it takes all types, I guess. I guess the, the fastest drivers um, are the ones who aren't parents. Yeah. So it's uh, it's my single friends who seem to be the most um, unhinged or quickest or have the, the least to lose. I don't know. A lot of them have a lot to lose. I shouldn't say that. I know for me personally, I slowed way down when I became a parent because there's obviously more to live for. And, you know, it, it can be dangerous if you go too fast. It's okay to go fast, but, you know. We want to avoid danger. I'll tell you when I drive the fastest is when I'm just like in a car that's, I just don't care because it's a cheap car. Then, then my nice car's sitting in the garage and I'm just like, okay, I'll drive that one hard. But it's like, yeah. you're worried about that one. Exactly. You get into like the one that's like. Well, that, that brings up a good point too. And you know, I love patina, um, which seems to fit my budget as well. So old, old junkers I have an affinity for, and maybe it's because those are the only ones I can afford. But I have to say that when I've got some scratches or dents or chips on my car, I worry about it less. And when I worry about my car less, I become a better driver. Right. It's when I'm neurotic and fussy about my paint that I'm not really on the pace, as it were. And I've got something else on my mind other than driving. So I always think that uh, crappy cars make better drivers. Yeah. 
Thanks for joining us for today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, comment, like, and share with your friends. Feel free to send questions or suggestions to the email in the description of the show. Special thanks to our sponsor, Circuit 64. Goodbye for now. We hope we can get together again for our next episode. Now get out there and enjoy the cars and the people.